Oh, yeah. Happy New Year, motherfuckers. It's a brand new year. 2018. New podcast. And we got a new drink. And today we're drinking Ardbeg 10-year whiskey. Straight. No chaser. Straight no chaser. <laughs> right? Uh, All yeah. right. Uh, so with a little bit of chaser. We're drinking water. Oh, well, I mean, that's just to clean the palate. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. This is pretty. I wouldn't say neat. Would it be considered neat if you have a metal cube in it? I would say because you're not diluting it at all. Okay, so I, I guess it's, we're drinking uh, Ardbeg neat. Neat, yeah. So uh, what's it say about the ten year old? All right, so it says Ardbeg ten year old uh, from their website is revered around the world as the peatiest, smokiest, most complex single malt of them all. Yet it does not flaunt the peat. Rather, it gives way to the natural sweetness of the malt to produce a whiskey of perfect balance. Named World Whiskey of the Year in 2008. Non-chill filtered with a strength of 46% ABV. You know, this is why people often say when you drink like whiskey, you know, scotch, stuff like that, you feel smarter. Because the, you know, listen to that. That just sounds like, hmm, so sophisticated. It really does, yeah. It does. All right, so uh, before we dive into this, uh, one of the things we want to bring back is uh, kind of a lost art. I won't say a lost art. It's still done, but not as much as it used to be And that's a good old-fashioned toast. So in uh, honor of uh, new uh, revelations or things that happened that brought into the new year, uh, I am going to toast 2018 with this. Here's to the storks that brings good babies. To the crows that bring bad babies, and to the swallows that bring no babies at all. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that's good. That is good. That is good. Um, that's good. That is a uh, definitely peaty, but it it's is. not overwhelming. It uh, how how can I say? It does not flaunt the peat. <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely doesn't. Um, I actually don't like very peaty whiskeys. I mean, like I said, my 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 common theme is a thing is that uh, if it's like drinking a bog, I don't want it. But this one, even though you could tell it's peaty, it's not overpowering. You know, that's not the the main thing. You know, you you still get the smokiness, some of the sweetness, and I like the finish on it. So, yeah, yeah I think it's good. Did I tell you about how I learned about this uh, this whiskey? No. All right. So uh, I was on a cruise in. Uh, Northern Europe, and I'm sitting at the poker table. Uh, I think it was a day at sea, so I'm sitting there spending money I don't have. And um, a guy sits next to me, and this guy's like, "Oh yeah, hey, I'm I'm in the Haven Suite, right?" So he's got a he's got an accent, definitely from Scotland. And uh, so I just strike up conversation with him. And the Havens uh, for Norwegian Air, for Norwegian cruise is like a cruise within a cruise. It's like the VIP section. You have all your own shit. And uh, so I strike up a conversation with him. We start talking. He sees that I order a Glen Meringue uh, with uh, with one ice. And he was like, you know, you like whiskey. I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I like whiskey. And so uh, he gets the, the waiter and he says, get us two Ardbegs with uh, a little bit of ice and uh, put it on my tab. I was like... This guy's buying me a round of whiskey. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know. I, I like him already. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't pass that up. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we sit there drinking uh, for a few hours and playing poker. And uh, guy was from Scotland, uh, right down the street from the distillery. 
and uh, he started just, I mean, just going into pretty much everything about the whiskey and about how it was his favorite. And uh, I was like, all right, man, this is like your hometown stuff, man. I definitely got to try it. So uh, I found some here, got it, you know, still like it. It's not the overwhelm- overwhelming kind of peaty bog taste like Lagavulin is. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and that's one of the reasons, that, you know, exactly why you uh, it put me off of Lagavulin because uh, as I said, it's just that really, really peaty taste to it. It's just like, oh, yeah. Now, some people like it. I mean, we, you know, I know plenty of guys, that's what they go. They go for the peat. But, I mean, uh, it, I like the flavoring. I like some of it, you know what I'm saying? But it shouldn't be overpowering. It should be still be pretty smooth, you know, and I should enjoy drinking it. And uh, I actually do enjoy drinking this. No, I, I completely agree. All completely right. agree. Cool. All right. So. All right. So uh, I guess well, since we're talking about drink, let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the stupid drinks that they have. The stupid drinks. So um, one of the trending things right now um, in the U.S. is uh, raw water. All right. Raw water. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is raw water? Like, do you cook water? Uh, you saute it? Is there a way to prep it? Prep it? Um, no, simple raw water is if you go out to a stream or a lake, you get a jug, you fill it up, and you drink it. And that's raw water. Now, uh, the Boy Scouts among us, uh, as well as uh, military folks and anyone who's uh, spent some time camping or outdoorsies knows the problem with that. Everything. <laughs> Everything's a matter with that. <laughs> Everything. Um, because critters and, and things, uh, you can catch many diseases from untreated, unfiltered water. That's why when you have public water or even when you talk about bottled water, you know, even if it says nice spring water, they're treated to remove all the bad stuff. Um, waterborne illnesses are a are not fun and uh I just it just baffles me that such supposedly smart intellectual people would fall for such a stupid and dangerous fad. Yeah. So uh, from Vox.com, they talk about uh, what to know about the raw water trend. Untreated, unfiltered, quote unquote, raw water is apparently the hot new fad around Silicon Valley, or so says a recent New York Times trend piece. Uh, and as we read through this article, which we're not going to do, I'll link it later in the uh, description, but it's essentially bottled creek water or stream water with no um, no kind of filter filtration or treated. It's, it's just dirty water, essentially. And that can lead to some very, very bad times. Well, before we get into, like, the bad stuff in it, you, um the thing that kills me about it is the way they're actually getting the water. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not even like, there's not like they bought land and they're like, okay, we got this land, it's a water source, and, you know, we're going to collect water from that. That's not how they're doing it. They're actually going on to other people's lands, private property, and they're going to their streams and lakes and stuff like that and filling up their, the, their, their water jugs and selling it. And you know how much they sell a gallon of raw water? What's the going rate for raw water? What is the going weight for raw water? It is $37 a gallon. $37 a gallon. A gallon of raw, raw water. water. Now, And how much for refills? Uh, I think they charge like $15. 
to refill. To refill. So basically, so you're paying fifteen dollars for the jug. And yeah. fifteen dollars for the water. Of <laughs> <laughs> water that could potentially kill you. Uh, I, I know, you know, America and, and people. It, it's not just America. It's a, it's a world thing. It's a people thing. We get on these things, but come on, people. This is this is beyond stupid. All right. Um, you know, just talking about the risk, the the health risk that go with it. I mean, <laughs> I guess sure. I know we both got stories being avid travelers about you know. Why they? There's a reason why they tell you not to drink water at certain places, mm-hmm. um, because of sanitation reasons and stuff like that, and and basically because you know if you're not also from a certain area and your body's not adapt to those conditions, it can it could cause problems. Yeah. So go ahead, give us a list of. I saw you pull up. Put it. Go. Yeah. Over, yeah. So uh, a list of uh, common diseases, uh, bacteria, viruses, and cysts uh, are traveler's diarrhea. Uh, uh, Giardia and cryptos, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. Uh, dysentery, salmonella, typhoid fever, uh, cholera, um, hepatitis A. I mean, you're just talking, I mean, not, that's that's just the diseases. There's still so many other like bacteria and things like that yeah. that can still just give you a fucking bad time. Yeah, because uh, I think you still could get E. coli. You could mm-hmm. get things like salmonella. Yeah, E. coli is on there. Yeah, but like dysentery. So dysentery. Um, That's I, what I kept dying on in uh, fucking uh, <laughs> Oregon Trail, man. I always died. <laughs> dysentery? Yeah. Yeah, well, I caught dysentery um, twice because <laughs> I didn't learn my lesson. Uh, I caught dysentery um, in Afghanistan uh, when I was deployed there. And... Um, and it's because it was because of the, you know, um, I have this problem um, that I travel a lot. Uh, and I always, every time I go to a new place, I want to go native. Um, you know, I've lived o- across the world. I've been to a lot of places. So I always want to go native and, you know, I want to do things how the natives are and see things, you know, through their eyes. And it's not always panned out for me. And Afghanistan was one of those times where um, when I was with... Uh, um, a lot of a the Afghan National Army troops and on their base. Um, I was embedded with their base, and uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat and drink like uh, you know these people were here to help serve and train and stuff like that." So um, after eating and drinking the water locally and on the base, uh, I remember one time I was feeling bad and I had to. I felt I actually felt like I had to fart. Like that's what it really felt like. Like there's this is I was gonna have to let out this huge fart. And I went to the bathroom, you know, and I was like, well, maybe I need to sit down because it might be one of those wet ones. And sure enough it was. I sat down and it was like <laughs> and it just came pouring out. And what made it bad is it didn't stop. You know, so like when I f- thought I was done and I felt better. I would go and then it would hit like I have to go to the bathroom right now and I couldn't I couldn't stop it, so I had to run and uh, you know try to get to the the closest uh, latrine or ditch somewhere and, and relieve myself. And at night in our hooch, which I know my hooch mates didn't uh, they didn't uh, appreciate, is that I I had a five gallon can that I used as a impromptu toilet, so I would wake up <laughs> in the middle of, like when I felt the calling I'd jump up sit on the toilet and. And you can just hear it, and then in the morning I go clean it out. But you know, I had a, I put a lid on it, but still, it, it it made it stink. I'm surprised they didn't freaking kick me out. But yeah, I ended up uh, going to the medics. Uh, I was put on IVs for two days and watched, and 
uh, got better. And then uh, almost a year from that time, um, <laughs> I caught it again for the same stupid reason, because I don't learn. Yeah, learning's hard. <laughs> it's really hard, especially when you're just like, oh, it's fine. Like, I can just do this. Uh, like, my story, my nightmare, is when I went to um, Egypt. So I did a week-long Egypt tour. Uh, a few days in Cairo, flew down to Abu Simbel, then up to, I think, Aswan Dam, and then took a a cruise up uh, from Aswan into Luxor, right? So a few days into um, into the trip, this is all a guided tour, so I'm with the group the entire time, charter buses, armed bodyguards. I mean, like, they're literally just shuffling us along from site to site, and we're just taking pictures as we go kind of thing. And um, staying in four or five-star hotels, like, just fan- just amazing looking at, at this point. And this is uh, back in 2000, 2008, 2009 time frame, before Arab Spring. Yeah, definitely before Arab Spring. Uh, so... Uh, we're down there, and we have uh, just amazing hotels. I'll tell you right. Like, I mean, marble and marble and gold. And I thought I was Donald Trump for a second. But, um, triggered. Yeah, triggered, yeah. Uh, but I got so used to, like, being there and, like, in those high-quality places because it's four- or five-star resort that caters to travelers so they have filtration there and we were there with a bunch of other travelers from our area so we we're like hey you know they gave us like a lot of the scoop they were like hey only use bottled water oh like never even open the tap only bottled water and so i did that for the longest time right until i got on the cruise ship or the cruise the nile cruise boat right towards the end like the last two three days of the trip uh we're on a um, nile cruise boat up the nile and I wake up one morning, do my normal routine, go to brush my teeth, open the tap, like put a little bit of water like on my toothbrush and brush my teeth. Right? Didn't feel it until like that night and we were in Luxor. Oh, and I was so fucked up. I mean, I was like we were in like the nicest hotel I've probably ever seen on the Nile River with like an infinity pool that goes out into the Nile. I mean, just fucking luxury, right? And I'm in the fucking bed, caught, like curled up like a little bitch, <laughs> hacking, hacking uh, everything I ate. I mean, like all the everything is coming out. Everything's coming out. So uh, I'm sitting there having a uh, Motrin and whatever else, like uh, whatever other drugs they can give me. I'm just at this point. I am just. Uh, fucked up like i don't i don't remember hardly any of it I, I remember waking up to like wet rags on my face what did you catch i don't know i don't know it was around the time like swine flu came around <laughs> oh, like I, I was like i was probably like some kind of dysentery or something but like i just remember like i had just a little bit and that's the only time i ever had any of the the quote-unquote public water type and it i was horrible like i remember being on the bus like uh the next day we were going to monuments like and i was dressed in white linen <laughs> so we're on a tour bus we stop at like these statues i get and they're, they're beautiful statues fucking thousands and thousands of years old i get off of the boat give the wife the camera or i get off the uh the bus give the wife the camera i step in front of the statues just look at her like fucking dead faced 
she takes a picture and I go walk right back on. I don't even say a word. <laughs> I walk right back on and pass out in the bathroom on the on the uh on the bus. I was so I was so gone. Yeah, so I mean that's that and it you know, that proves the stupidity of this whole wa- raw water movement. Um I don't know, man. It just I I guess this is capitalism as its finest because it's just showing people that you can you can literally sell anything. So I offer our next business venture should be hear me out. Gluten free, organic, vegan, raw water. See Ooh. we're gonna we're gonna step it Ooh. up a bit. It's vegan now. It's vegan now. So good. I really hope no deers were harmed in in the making of that water. Yeah. Like they drowned in a creek or something later on. No, we, we we only source our we only source our water from uh, uh, deer drowned free creeks, <laughs> <laughs> and we know this. We know, <laughs> we know this. this. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, but uh, right. but that's also um, you know, you said that's the um, stupidity, the stupid. Not no, that, but that's the epitome of capitalism. Yeah, right. But it's also like the epitome of Darwinism, because if you're gonna buy that because you think it's like the new trend, it's oh, this is the most healthiest thing. It's all natural. It's like. You obviously don't know what our ancestors, like yeah. our our lineage, went through uh, to just stay healthy. Where oh, boiled water, uh, filtered water. There's so many different filtration systems. Well, see, you have ionized uh, ionized uh, tablets. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just uh, there's so many ways to to stay healthy out there. Yeah, but this is a trend. So these sort of trends are are kind of cyclical because uh, a few years back we had uh, it wasn't just a, it was it was the raw milk movement. This was probably like. I want to say early, probably early mid two thousands, where you know everyone was getting on this kick, where you know, oh man, you just got to drink, you need to drink raw milk. And the thing with raw milk, yes, granted, pasteurization does kill a lot of uh, what we call the quote unquote good stuff that you get from milk, uh, from cow milk. But that there's a reason why we pasteurize, um, to simply to put out to kill all the bad things that you can get from raw milk, and. So I remember a lot of people were pushing that uh, a couple of years back. And, you know, that was just a big craze. Oh, we're so healthy because we're drinking raw milk. We're going to drink raw milk. I just go down and get drink raw milk. And I, I pointed out several times because I actually went to one of the farms that sold it and asked, uh, you know, because there's this farmer. He's, he's, he's trying to make a little bit extra cash, you know. like He's like, idiots came to me and asked me for raw milk. And he's like, fuck it. I, I gave him straight raw milk. And, um I asked him, I was like, well, do you drink? He's like, fuck no. I was like, you know, he knew the health risks. He raised cows. He milked, he raised dairy cows. You know, he knows what the, he knows why he pasteurized, why homogenized has nothing to do with health. They just make sure it it stays creamy. But, you know, he he understood why those things happen. And he was just, you know, sort of perplexed by people just coming out there. And it's just that that quest uh, for health trends is, you know, it's one of those first world problems where we are so we're so well off that we don't, you know, we look for new things to try to, I don't know, that we feel are going to give us an edge or make us, you know, better or set us apart from other people, you know, being so either healthy or earth conscious or whatever bullshit that we're peddling that week. And that's how we get shit like raw water. No, I I completely agree with that. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's enough talking about water. That's enough of that. Yeah, let's <laughs> move know. on to something smarter. <laughs> let's do. Or not smart, but sad. It is kind of sad. Actually, it's really sad. So uh, in the news now, uh, John Young, the astronaut, has died 
at the age of 87 years old. Uh, this guy is a hero to a lot of people, really. Uh, he was a he did two moonwalks, four missions, and piloted the Gemini three. That's re- that, like that's, that's that's a hell of a resume. I mean, we're talking. He he was on the Apollo ten and sixteen, the space shuttle missions one and nine, and he piloted Gemini three as like the third string backup. Yeah, was it third string or second? Yeah, because uh, Carpenter, I believe, was supposed to. Uh, let me see that. Yeah, because he replaced Alan Shepard, who was second string. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this is this guy. So, like, uh, to get context, if you're not really familiar exactly who this guy is, if you ever watch any of the videos of the, the you know, the, the moon landing and the walks and stuff like that, the guy jumping up and down next to the flag, that's John Young. Um, that's, that's the guy we're talking about. And uh, the thing that makes it great is because, you know, this was, this was at a time, you know, with... Uh, when America was 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 pretty exceptional, you know. I mean, even through his whole career, you know, it we helped push the boundaries of of, of technology and and and, and uh, understanding the universe through you know NASA, and it's because these guys are that were actually you know putting their lives on the line, literally, because they were going out into the great unknown to uh, you know gain more knowledge and bring it back you know yeah granted yeah we wanted to beat the russians out there and stuff like that sure there's competition but that's the good thing about competition yeah it it pushes you yeah exactly so um you know it is it is it is sad for his passing but i mean this guy's done so much he needs to be celebrated you know for what for everything he's uh um he's he's achieved and 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 brought back to the world but you know the 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 You know, I'm kind of, uh, I guess, maybe cynical or something about that. But you know, the thing I'm worried about the most. What's that? I'm, I'm, I'm worried that uh, these coming days, there's going to be conspiracy theorists out there saying that uh, they, they, they had him killed so they could protect the truth. Yes, they killed an 87 year old man because he was about hey, to spill the beans. Exactly. I mean, you still have many people out there that that believe we faked the the moon landing, and this is a guy that literally walked on the moon. Yeah, well, it was uh, Buzz Aldrin, right? Punched a guy Aldrin. who, uh, yeah. Aldrin, yeah, who who punched yeah. the guy. Yep. Who, uh, who's a reporter or whatever, went up to him. Yeah. And started essentially calling him a liar and everything like that, and he just he kept he kept badgering. Well, he he, he kept him. this guy kept badgering him, uh, and there, so a lot of people think he was like, oh, he just came up there. He's like, no, this dude was badgering uh, uh, him for Buzz for a long time, and Buzz just finally got sick sick of it and just laid this out. That's why I can't wait to get old. So you could just do, you know, you could lay out people and, and not get in trouble for it. Because then we're like, hey, you, you mess with the old man. But yeah. You kind of deserve it. But that, I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, he's going to be missed. And, and, you know, NASA pretty much uh, lost, well, I mean, he retired. I think he retired in 2004. But uh, I think at the time he was probably considered like the, the most experienced uh, astronaut in the world. So. And, sir, we salute you. All right. So now on to the next, on to the next headline of, yeah. of the show. Well, so. Mate, your dog's a Nazi. <laughs> so I, can't, I can't do an, a Scottish you accent. Can't do a, we're, we're drinking scotch. Man. Yeah, I know. Um, so th- the, this one is, is kind of falls into the, you know, our, what we call the, the, the fuck yeah. category because this is a. Um, 
This is really silly. I mean, it, it's, it's just silly all around. So backstory on this, um, a Scottish YouTuber that goes by the name Count Dankula, real name Marcus Meacham, uh, put up a video about a year or so ago entitled uh, Mate, Your Dog's a Nazi, which he states in the video that uh, his girlfriend loves his her pug so much and thinks he's, he's the sweetest, cutest thing in the world. And he decided as a joke or a prank on her, he's going to turn it to the worst thing he he can think of, which is a Nazi. So he went on to um, train the dog to uh, get excited anytime he uttered the words, uh, gas the Jews. Yeah, gas the Jews was one of the phrases. And then uh, the other one was... Uh, he taught it uh, to put up uh, his paw anytime he said, see Kyle. Yeah. So um, just to give you context, you know, so the to understand what the uh, <laughs> what he's being argued against, we're gonna play a clip of his video so you can actually hear what he did and, and his explanations for for why he did it, and and then we'll talk about the trial that he's facing. Gas the Jews. I'm not racist, by the way. I just really, really wanted to piss her off. Jews. All right, so that's a small clip. Uh, the video is like uh, two and a half minutes long. But, uh, yeah, in it, he, he clearly states that this was a joke uh, at the beginning and at the end of it. And if you actually watch the video, it's quite obvious that he's this is a joke. Like, this is not... Um, views that he holds himself. It's just that, hey, you know what? I'm going to make your dog walk around giving you a Nazi salute, your cute little pug that you love so much. I just turned him into this 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 Nazi, or as he uh, quote called it, a wee Nazi. And um, uh, apparently that was against the law in, in Scotland, and he is facing uh, a year in prison. Is it actually against the law? Because I know in Germany... Doing any kind of Nazi salute is against the law. Yes. Is, is it the same way in Scotland? It's in kind of so in the UK, they don't have a free speech protection like in the US. So they actually do have certain things that they, um, they, they deem illegal. So one of them is um, uh, um, like promoting hate, what they consider hateful or harmful ideologies um, in there. So that's why you can, you can get in trouble for like, uh, speaking out against Islam um, or any, you know, minority or protected culture, whether it's valid. It could be straight hateful rhetoric or it could be, you know, valid criticism, which nowadays is still considered hateful rhetoric. Um, and the, but the thing that makes this so weird and, and you know, just batshit crazy is that, you know, it is a is an obvious joke. Yeah, it's it really is. Yeah, it's a joke. And it's not... He's not doing this to push, you know, he's not doing this to push Nazism. He's not pushing this to 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 promote the Nazi views. He did this as a gas, as a dig at his girlfriend. Yeah. And he made it public by putting it on YouTube because that's what everyone does today. Yeah. Um, if it wouldn't have been on YouTube, it would have been on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. It would have been on something. Yeah, it would have been on some medium. And he just said, and it's, it's, it's a... A really funny little, you know, campy video. I mean, I, I remember the first time I saw it, I chuckled at it yeah. because I have a friend, she has a pug, and um, 
I wanted to try to do something similar to him, but to be honest, uh, that pug is too stupid to even learn that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so not only did he say it was a joke, but you know, but he did it as a joke, but he even states in an interview that he likes shot comedy and that's what he was going for with the shot comedy and it's like that's that's what we do yeah. you do stuff that people aren't going to expect that offend the crap out of people which is what we like here <laughs> and you i mean you know you could take it or leave it but to say that um that count dankula actually is promoting a um or uh spreading some kind of propaganda for nazis no that's not what i well, got from I this mean, at all he opens the video with saying i'm gonna turn him into the worst thing i can imagine yeah. he's clearly stating that he doesn't think he doesn't hold nazis in high esteem exactly. he actually thinks they're terrible things so that's why he's doing it um and so the the but the the thing that's you know ridiculous so there's a there's been um, some coverage of of the trial, and unfortunately, to this day, he was supposed to be he was supposed to hear his verdict um, this week, but apparently, has been pushed back. But uh, listening to a couple of reports of the uh, of the trial, it seems that like the 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 prosecution or what they call the crown's um, arguments against him are just ba- just dumb. They're just baffling. They're like they literally they're arguing that. Um, he uses the pug as a smoke screen. Like they, they one one of the arguments was if you take the if you take the dog out of it, all you all he's doing is pushing Nazi you know the Nazi agenda, and it's like look fuckface no. the dog is the central part of the whole prank. Yeah, you know. Well, well, not only that, but he says, I mean, he says gas the Jews, and he says, um, uh, Sikaya. Sikaya. but that's that's all he says. He doesn't say any other hate speech or any, he doesn't say anything else except for this is just a joke well and the and yeah and the thing that well they also try to put because that one part of the video uh, it shows the pug sitting he has the pug in front of a computer and is playing one of hitler's speech you know as a obviously like he's trying to indoctrinate the dog you know oh he's like and like the dog is really going oh fuck you know what in juice <laughs> maybe i should gas him no it's not it is it's, it's all done for a gag and the the crown is arguing that you know he's he's using it as a smoke screen like you know you take the dog remove the dog from the equation remove the dog from the video it's like well fuck if you move the dog from the the video there is no video you know, the video is all around. You see King uh, Count Dankula in the video twice. At the beginning when he tells you what he's doing, and at the end when he's like, hey, I'm not racist. I just wanted to do this to piss her off. It's all about the dog and the dog's reaction to what he's, you know, he's doing to it. And it's funny. Is it stupid? Eh, you could probably say it's stupid, yeah. but, you know. Isn't it bad taste? Yeah, it is. Yeah, well. But, like, that's not just because it's bad taste and it could be offensive to some doesn't mean that it's yeah. it's uh, illegal. And the thing about it, you know, I, I guess that you know that that makes it so bad, is that um, when you have big comedy greats that that have sprung up over the last couple of years, so you have um, you know Monty Python was a very big uh, hit in uh, you know sixties, seventies, and so on for their their comedy and their comedy, um, you know, t- normal people wouldn't call it. I mean, there was some uproar to it, but they they weren't afraid to you know push the en- envelope and poke fun at things so uh one of the big things they used to catch a lot of uh flack over was uh, uh the life of brian 
um, where they basically told it. They were telling the story of Jesus, but Jesus, but it wasn't Jesus. So basically, what they did in the movie is that Brian, um, through chance, uh, finds himself to become a Messiah of this and 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 forms a a small group of follow followers now he didn't set out to become the messiah he did nothing other than you know live his life and people decided to follow him and um there's a part in there that was true to form um whereas there was a square and there was several people preaching you know salvation from different messiahs there was different people, you know, that this great savior, you know, was going to come and, you know, uh, different tales for that. And then Brian eventually became one of them. And the uh, the thing that that the uh, the film, the thing that caused a big outroar at the end was um, at the end, Brian gets crucified. All right. Oh. So, so it's Brian is a bunch of people out, you know, they're on cross and it's crucified. It's not bloody. This is not like uh uh, what was it? Passion of the Christ, where it's all bloody. It's 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 uh you know this is a comedy, but he's hanging out there and then um and the song I mean the the movie ends on the with them singing everyone in the crucifix singing a song called uh always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. I can't whistle that right yeah. now. But uh the thing with that it, it caused a huge uproar. From the Catholic Church and from other people. I mean, I remember, you know, even the United States people were protesting. Oh, you're making fun of our Jesus and all that. And it's like, yeah, because it's it's funny. And to be honest, they were actually, in some sense, historically accurate. There were, uh, in those days, a lot of people claiming different messiahs. Like, Jesus was not the only messiah uh, that was prophesied during those times. There was actually several others Jesus just happened to win out, you know. So there was there was competing theories on who was going to be the great Messiah, um, and the so being offensive or bringing up things that are offensive is not uncommon uh, to the to the United Kingdom. So when you see something like this, um, where people are, I don't even think it's people. I think there's a lot of people who actually. You know, support or on Count Dankula's side. Uh, I just think that it's weird that uh, that the government itself is putting so much effort to uh, prosecute and you know imprison someone for a year for something that's obviously a joke. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, but I mean, we've seen that all the time where it's it's frivolous lawsuits, it's frivolous. Um, it's essentially social justice. You know, there's an outrage. Oh, we have to get them. We'll find something legal that we can possibly misconstrue to tangle them up legally in the court system. And I feel like that's uh, that like this could just be a part of that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess if you want to say anything, 27, I say for, I don't know, maybe for the last two or three years, like, you know, 2017 was definitely, uh, or no, I wouldn't say 27. I say 2016 was definitely the 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 year for outrage. You know, everything was outrageous. Everything was, you know, we we have to have a react for for everything that came up. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, when you when you get into comedy, the thing about comedy, I, I is that comedy, pay, good comedy pokes fun at everybody. Good comedy is funny and it can be offensive. Look at the Dave Chappelle show. Chappelle oh. show. <laughs> if, if he didn't poke fun at anybody, 
He poked fun at everybody. Well, let's look at let's look at the racial draft. Wait, that skit, that thing was awesome. It was hilarious. Let's go back to his the very first skit of the Chappelle show. Which one was that? The very you don't remember the very first skit of the Chappelle. It's one of his most memorable skits. I've seen them all, but I don't remember which one was the first. The, the very first one. And this is where we thought, you know, and I remember watching it air and and when I saw this first skit, I was like, "Oh shit." It was the Clayton Bixby skit, the black yep. white supremacist. Yep, yep. And you know, it showed that set the tone for the for the show. And let's remember, Dave, the, the Chappelle show was considered one of the highest rating shows and one of the best comedy shows, sketch comedy shows ever. People still quote it to this day. People still refer to it to this I'm day. I'm rich, bitch. You know, it 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 launched Dave Chappelle into. A, you know, Dave Chappelle was kind of known in Hollywood. You know, he's done a couple of movies. You know, of course, he was in Half Baked and Robin Hood, Man in Tights, um, and The Nutty Professor. You know, but he went from like these little, you know, a kind of known comedian to like, boom, like one of the it, it catapulted him into like the stardom because everyone was talking about Ch- red, yellow, black, white. Everyone was quoting Chappelle show. Oh yeah, you know so. And yeah, to say the Chappelle show was not offensive would be ludicrous because it was. And he made fun of everybody. He did, but he he did it in such a way that like there were no survivors. Everybody everybody got hit. And I think that's I think that's I don't want to say his saving grace, but I think that was like the the level playing field was no one at any time was better than the other. Everybody got heat. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing. When I say when it comes to comedy, comedy is you know you usually say that you know comedians usually speak the the most truth right that's why the you know a lot oftentimes it's cited that like the the most powerful person in the king's court was the jester because the jester is the guy who can make fun of the king speak his mind and wouldn't get killed for it because True, he yeah. did it in the form of a joke you know and the same thing with comedians when comedians comedians generally you know of course there's different levels you have hacks and you have like just greats but comedians generally speak the truth. They're the they're the they are the test. They're the pulse of society, you know. And we found a lot now where people are trying to stifle comedy because it does speak the truth, you know. It, it speaks the truth and to the ridiculous uh, ridiculousness that we face a lot in society. Um, so when you start seeing you know people trying to push that down to suppress it because of feelings it's uh, to me it's stupid like one you know they always say if you need you need to be able to laugh at yourself or you know you hear things like well, you should be able to laugh don't take yourself seriously or you know laughter is the best medicine and you know yada 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 but then we get to something it's always great until someone makes some fun of something that's close to home and it hits a nerve with you yeah that's true ah <sighs> speaking of hitting home we're going to transition to the next story, which is completely not hitting home. You shouldn't hit home. So there are two uh, two cases right now in the UK that uh, we we read about recently. One is with uh, Danny Kay, and the other one is with Liam Liam Allen. Yeah. And these guys are like getting like completely the shit end of any kind of fucking stick you can think of about. To be honest, yeah. Uh, I mean, these guys were accused of rape and sexual. Uh, assault and sexual misconduct and then proved innocent and uh the whole time you know but one of them pr- one of them did jail time 
did two years of jail time yeah, before he was proved innocent. And the other one was on probation or at the time. Yeah, so and these <laughs> so this is this is where we're gonna get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, no. This is where the backlash is gonna come in and you know, some people, but I don't care because uh shit like this needs to be talked about big time, you know. Um we, you know, we saw in twenty seventeen the Me Me Too movement has gotten a lot of traction and stuff like that. And I'm gonna say there and I say, look, I'm gonna be honest, I am not a fan of the Me Too movement. Not because, you know, not because I don't want women to come forward or people to come forward. I don't say people because both men and women get sexually assaulted and raped. Absolutely. Um, people to come up and tell your stories. But I think we, you know, I think things like the Me Too movement hurts it because it doesn't, it doesn't, what what did we get out of the Me Too movement? Let, let's be honest. We got a hell of a lot of accusations. And very little evidence. Yeah. If any. How many convictions? Uh, none that none. I know of. Uh, just a bunch of people getting fired, fired, losing their jobs, yeah, and like, yeah, granted some 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 of the accused said, "You know what, yeah, I did it, and I'm like, all right, cool, that's that's cool that you know you got this person exposed this person, but you also had several you had many that said, "Nah, I didn't do that, and instead of actually finding out what the truth was, they say they faced the same fate as the guys who admitted that they did it and so one thing we, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, it, it's you always have to take this, you have to be cautious with it because, you know, ac- accusations, accusations is just that. It is a claim that's brought forward. And without evidence, um, you that that's how it should be treated. You know, I often say you shouldn't, you know, they, they've been pushing this narrative for a while that you need to believe the victim. When someone, if a woman says she's raped, you should you should believe her. And I'm like, no. I don't, and I could tell you from even personal experience, from things I've dealt with closely and personally, that is not always the case. All right, that is definitely not always the case. There are, uh, there are women who will cry wolf, will cry rape, and weren't. Um, now I know there's going to be a big argument. Feminists like to say, "Oh, but only two to three percent of accusations are, are false," and yeah, MRAs will say no. Forty percent of accusations are false, and I was like, and I will say, we really don't know what that number is, real versus false. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you don't have any kind of valid study or survey, you, you can't have accurate data. But I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, it's it's definitely a. Uh, I don't want to say he said, she said, but it's definitely kind of a battle between the feminist movement and the MRAs, the men's rights activists. And this kind of um, this kind of topic, article, um, any like however you want to this, yeah, this these kind of circumstances are exactly why the MRAs are talking about this. I mean, because it happens so often. Um, I think there's several, several different um, articles that we read every every month or every yeah. few months of uh, men case. getting exonerated or proved innocent or released from jail because of a false accusation, a false accusation that is now proved to be. Uh, t- uh, that's now, the thing. Nothing generally, nothing happens to the accuser, which is like a pass, you know. And, the, and you and you see stories, and I, I I mean I know people that have been. Um, threatened to say, hey, you know, you're going to do this, or, you know, I'll, I'll tell the cops you raped me, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. 
and that is uh that's devious that is so devious yeah to ha- to to have something that um or to 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 threaten something that would not only um um get somebody arrested but to get them on a sex offender registry lose their job make them move um you know because it can't be so within so many feet of a school or a playground or anything like that um i mean you're not talking about you know getting someone affected or making them or getting someone arrested or um lawyer fees things like that you're not talking about that kind of you know um inconvenience they they, they could have lasting ramifications oh lifetime Li- and, and even if um in now with the internet if let's say somebody posts an article and they have uh, the names on the article saying so and so accused John Doe of of sexual misconduct, of rape, or sexual assault. Guess what? Just because that he's proven completely innocent doesn't mean that a future employer is going to yeah. Google search him, find that, and then say, "Oh, well, you were once yeah. uh, in the news well, for this, so we can't allow that. We can't allow you to to work for our company. So they don't get hired. They can't provide for their family. It's it's a lifetime." Thing. Well, see that 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 goes into you know, and that that that's really impactful with uh, when we talk about the Liam Allen case, is because um, you know this guy, this is a guy who is who was well, he was charged with twelve counts of sex of rape and sexual assault, but what what brought his innocence um, and why he's 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 actually uh, uh, suing because of this, is because there was forty thousand. 40,000 text messages from the uh, quote-unquote victim um, essentially begging this guy for sex. Yeah, a- uh, messages to him and to her friends. Yeah, both right. both before and after the the so-called incident, you know, begging this dude for sex and wanting more sex. And, you know, and because of that, uh, and, and what also made it bad, what also was the, that, that makes this such a heinous thing, is that we, you know, because of the way we treated and the narrative that we push on these sexual assault cases that, you know, police, PDs, or, you know, uh, courts want to see, like, they're doing something about it. They, you know, they want to get a conviction out of all costs, is that this guy was, was, was you know, basically the, the evidence that exonerated him was withheld from the police, and the police had it. They knew about it. No, no, it. yeah, it was... It was um it was uh, withheld from the from the courts. The police had it, and they knew about it. Yeah, but the courts, yeah. like the 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 prosecutor yeah, and the defense attorney, which hey, if that's going to be used against him, he should have everything. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah not correct. Right. Right. The, the police, yeah. the police had it. The courts didn't, and it was withheld from the courts. And yeah, it's it's one of those things where where they had it. This was this information that exonerates this guy. He. You know he's he's going through all this and um, and now he's speaking out about it because you know one of the things that I actually agree with wholeheartedly is that once someone once an ex- accusation is made and this is one of the reasons why I'm not big on the, the I am not that full in supporting the Me Too movement. This is not saying I support sexual assault or anything, but when when an accusation is made, the the accused name is plastered everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And as we say, like you, you, someone Google's your name on Facebook, the article comes out, or something comes out, a news story comes out of you know such and such is accused of raping, blah 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 blah. All right, but the accuser's name 
is withheld. Oh, we want to withhold the accused name for protection. We want to pre- yeah. prevent. But we're just going to drag this other guy through yeah. the mud with little to no evidence. And I definitely believe that once an accusation is made, you withhold both the accusers and the accused name until you know evidence comes supported. There's a there's actually a trial and investigate or an investigation and a trial going forward on this because. Again, um, if if he did it, if you withhold his name, you do the investigation and a trial, and and the person's convicted, and you you know you find out okay, yeah he did do this, his name is out there, and f- great, no harm no foul. You you not you did not hurt him any more than what you could possibly do. Yeah. However, if you put his name all over the place, uh, there's an investigation or a trial. And it finds out, oh, well, he didn't do this. Then, boom, it gets to go away, and you've not done any harm to to uh, to that person, you know. And the reason I say that both the accuser and the accused need to be protected is because when we have these false accusations, the false accuser generally does not face any repercussions. Yeah, that's true. And that and that's a big selling point for uh for the accused to do this, you know, I mean uh, well yeah, because you're not gonna face any comeuppance. Yeah, there's no there's no retribution. There's no, um, I mean there was a a, a high school student who had uh, cons- uh consensual sex with another high school student. He l- graduated. He was a, a college football player, uh, high school football, football player. Yeah. Had uh, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he. Went to, or he had a scholarship. Oh no, that's everything. the Brian Brian Banks. Was that the Brian Banks? That was one? the Brian Banks. Well, she actually did. Um, she actually did uh, end up getting. Uh, well, she's not not legally though. Not legally. Yeah, but they're they're going after she her. She sued the the high school. Yes, and so the high school went after her for what um, the because uh, she the got money that she sued them for. She got like one point something, like one one point something million dollars. Yeah. In that case, and then um, this guy, you know, spent years in prison, got out, and finally was able to get her recording her saying that she made it up, but she couldn't come. She didn't want to come forward because she, you know, she didn't want to give up the money or she was scared they're going to come after the money that she got. And it was like, no, bitch, uh, that's not worth that time I had to be in prison. Exactly. That is some ill-gotten gains. Yeah. So you know, and and so she didn't she didn't face any legal. She 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 faced well legal. She faced civil, um, you know, backlash. But she you know, there's there's nothing that. But she but she wasn't in jeopardy of jail time. No, and most of them are now. There there are to be fair. There are a couple occasions where the uh, false accuser does face uh, jail time. But those are like really few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think if we, I guess the best way to deal with something like this is just like you know we we have to protect both both individuals in this case, and we really don't. We don't. Have, it, all you have to do is say such and such. You accuse su- some person of, you know, this heinous crime, and that's it. You just let it go. It lights like wildfire. It really does, and it spreads everywhere. And you know. Even even if, uh, you know, you 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 find out it's not true, or um, you you know they bring it back, or you know they they recant their their account, you know it's never the the retraction's never as big as the initial story. Yeah, I mean it'll be like wildfire, and be like, oh, um, 
well, they just proved it, that he was innocent. So, and then you don't hear anything about it. Yeah, uh, and, and and that's it. You don't hear anything about the accuser. You don't hear anything else about um, the, accused. the accused. It's yeah. it's it's just cut off immediately uh, yeah. because at that point you're not going to get any views, and you're just going to essentially say, well, this is the same thing. And this goes back to um, the MRA's uh, argument about it is this is why we're targets. You know, this is why a lot of guys are targets. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and then we granted we we want to start you know and we no one wants no one really wants a, a society where sexual assault is rampant. I mean, if you look at most Western, I mean, one of the um, biggest things like you could definitely tell one thing that that don't fare well. Two things that don't fare well in prisons are uh, child molesters and rapists. Yeah, uh, that's because even even people in prison, are, you know, felons, criminals, they still think these people are scum. You know, no one, no one likes a rapist. No one likes a child molester. So to sit there and think that we we want to protect rapists is is ludicrous. You want to protect people's rights. You want to protect their their dignity. You know, and everything that you would expect. This is why we have due process. That's why we have the the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And I find it very disheartening when you erode that. Now, there's many arguments. You know, they'll say, oh well, you know. Oh, you know, women get pay- raped, and you know, and a lot of times their their guy doesn't get convicted. And I'm like, yeah, if that's the case, that that that's truly bad. You know, yeah, obviously you bad. want you want someone to pay. It's like if someone gets murdered, yeah, and they don't find the killer, yeah, yeah. you you want the you want the killer found. But I mean, let's talk about that because, um, I've always said, and and I learned this uh, from my parents, and 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 I've always said this for for as long as I can remember, is. I don't want to put blame on the victim, but there are many, many times where the victim is not 100% in the right. There are parts where they're at fault. Hey, you're going to wear little to no clothing, go out to a bar or a club, get completely shit-faced with no support structure, no support friends that are going to take care of you, and you're just going to rely on yourself to be um, uh, to be safe? No. No. You put yourself in that kind of position, and you expected nothing to happen. Now... If I walk down the street, right? Is if I walk down the wrong street in New York City and I got a and I got $5,000 on me, right? And I'm and I have hundreds falling out of my pockets. Do I think I'm going to get robbed? Yeah. I I do. I will probably get robbed. You know. Believe that. I'll but but I mean that's the thing is, you know, I'll you put yourself you. in a situation where, you know, hey, if I go out with a bunch of friends and we all have each other's backs, nothing's going to happen. If or you know something may happen, but I at least have a support yeah. structure that can one witness it or take care of take care of everybody else. It's like a herd mentality, right? But then you have like you have um, uh, other other women that have. It's more regret sometimes because the amount of time of the incident to them reporting it is m- weeks, months, years down the road, and that's kind of what we're seeing in Hollywood right now is years down the road, like with Kevin Spacey. Right, fourteen-year-old kid goes to a Hollywood party with a bunch of grown men. Where were their fucking? Parents? Yeah, where were the parents? That is the number one question, right? How can you allow your kids to go to these parties with Hollywood Hollywood actors? No, with adult males there, unsupervised. Right, you're just gonna drop them off, have fun, Timmy, and then yeah. and leave, right? And especially at Hollywood. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, from Dave Chappelle's recent um, uh, comedy special, 
when he said, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of Hollywood parties, but uh, none of the good ones had 14-year-old boys. Exactly. 100%. And, that's an, and that is one, know your situation. Know your surroundings. Hey, am I in a place that I shouldn't be right now? I should probably get the fuck out of here. You know, I mean, if, if you have to think like that, you should probably get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Right? But I, a kid shouldn't know that, right? Yeah, but yeah. but who are they blaming? Oh, they're the, the person who made a pass at the kid, right? Yep. I, again, it's a shitty thing, one hundred percent. I don't give him, I don't give him a pass. But in this case, fifteen years later, right? I mean, f- you're talking sixteen, fifteen years later. He's a he's a grown man at this point, yep. and you're accusing him of something he did so long ago. One, there is no evidence. I mean, did it happen? It could very well have happened. Yeah, do, do we have actual evidence to support the argument? Negative. Negative. Were there witnesses? I haven't read anything that said that there were witnesses from 15 years ago about a pass that this guy made to a kid. I I don't have that. Yeah. It, it's it's really difficult to uh, to stand on that social justice warrior platform and say these guys are bad, but there's no evidence to support support. Well, see, and, and this is the thing, too, again, why I'm not fully supportive of this idea is because, you know, this, all these things are coming out, you know, they're coming out through social media and they're coming out the, you know, these, these other channels. Now, if the only time I can see I would actually warrant doing something like that is like, first thing first, if you think someone has warned you, harmed you, um, sexual assault, you know, or anything, uh, uh, any crime, someone has harmed you, your first stop should be freaking law enforcement 100 percent. yeah they, they that should be your first stop so if you get to if you are you know you go to law enforcement and law enforcement sits out and you know fails at a job which with these two stories we which we really haven't delved too much into right. is about law enforcement not doing their job yeah i can see you blowing the horn dropping the horn on social media to get stuff like that but a lot of these accusations that we are falling on you know, people are are being hit by are they they didn't go to the police, they didn't go anywhere. They just they kept it for so long, and then they decided, oh, you know what? This is my time to speak out. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to media. I'm like, well, it's gonna sound very bad. It's gonna sound very. I'm just telling right now. If you did not feel comfortable enough to go first to the people who are whose their job is to help you. Why should I care that much about it? Because you didn't. Right. And that's something I talk about is it's it's a choice, right? I mean, they, they made a choice, like with Harvey Weinstein. So he was in a position of power, not like political power, but in a position of power. He was the the producer of a large Hollywood firm. And so he, he could put, he had a lot of sway. Oh, you want this part? You want this part? You know, to actors and actresses. And he used that position to get his rocks off. Do I think it's good? No, not necessarily. Has it happened in the past? A billion times. Literally, a billion times. So you have, um, and the the thing that kills me is that he's been doing it for 14 years, but this is the first time anybody's ever said anything about it. Well, they've they've said people people have said things before, but again, it goes back to I say to who. You know, who are you saying it to? If you did something so... um, I'm going to say, you know, some of these women probably were very, very wrong. Some of them have buyer's remorse. You know, they if you decided to, you know, suck Harvey's cock because you wanted a movie's role, 
And now you're sitting there going, me too. I don't yeah. feel sorry. You, you for made you. a choice. You made a choice at that you point. Made a choice. Now, if if Harvey Weinstein, you know, you know, and this maybe, you know, maybe because I don't live in Hollywood, and 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 maybe it's because of my personality, but I, if someone tried to do something to me, like you know, imagine, you know, oh well, you're not gonna get this promotion unless you 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 suck my dick. Um, I'm gonna tell you to go fuck yourself. And then you're gonna choke them. Yeah, well, I would. And broke choke all them. the body. Yeah, or break every bone in their body. Pretty much, but it's like, you know, yes, I know you want a career and I know you want to get ahead, but you, you know, saying I, I, I want to be true to me first and foremost, you know. So I can't really get behind the. Well, if I don't play with them, my career is over. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not gonna compromise myself for the sake of that career. I'm not going to sit there and lower myself. I mean, it's Harvey Weinstein. Look at that dude. Yeah, he's ugly as fuck. Fuck as hell. I'm like, I'm not going to lower myself to fucking do that shit. So, And if he did some shit like, you know, they're talking about like, yeah, he masturbated in front of me and shit like that. Dude, I would make him still feel so bad about doing that. Like, I would be like, yo, what? I was like, do you do you need some tweezers to help right. you get that done? Or or go to the public, right? Just, yeah, just, I would. I mean, like go to the public. I would like, embarrass you could the shit take out Take pictures, him. post it on Twitter. I, I mean, would embarrass the shit out of him because I would not. I would not want to take that. That's just. I mean, that's just me. I'm and I'm. I'm I have a fighting mentality to begin with. I, you know, even when shits are gone, you'd be like, "It's a nice day. Is it fucking a really nice day?" Huh? Because I'm confrontational. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's nice. <laughs> but as like, you know, and that. So, but when you talk about like actual, now I know he's been accused of rape. And I'm like, and if he did, he forced someone, you know, against their will um, to have sex with him. Yo, string this motherfucker up. And matter of fact, I think he needs it, you know, just because of business practice, he needs to be strung up anyway. But I think, you know, when you're faced with these things, you, you gotta, you have to. First and foremost, you have to go and tell people who are going to do something about it. And what I mean that is like as a law enforcement telling telling putting it on Twitter or Facebook to me doesn't never solve the problem because to me it invites it invites more scrutiny of the accusation. Yeah, you get the opposite effect. To me, if you come out and say I was raped and you the first thing you do is you put it on Twitter and Facebook, I'm going to question it. Yeah, because I'm going to think that you just did it for likes. Or you or did it for attention. You did it for attention, or yeah. are you getting? I'm going to start questioning it now. If you said, "Hey, I went to the police and I reported this guy for rape," um, the police told me to go fuck myself, and then then I would be like, "Yo, okay, now we need to fucking." I'm probably going to be more apt to 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 be on your side because, you know, the people who are supposed to be helping you didn't do their job. I'm going to have more reason to. I would be more inclined. I'm going to say I necessarily believe because I still believe evidence is required. But I'm going to be more inclined to fight that you do get heard. But I'm not going to do it just because you just because you tweeted about it doesn't mean that one I'm going to believe you and two that is true. I I completely agree with that. Uh, and my whole thing is like you said earlier, the buyer's remorse piece because all these women that we're using Harvey Weinstein as a as essentially the 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 example, but it's happened so often that. Years and years down the road, people start coming out to say, you know, uh, Harvey Weinstein raped me or made me do something. Like, per- perfect example is, uh, or a different example is Louis C.K. So, have you have you heard about that one at all? Oh, of course. Okay, so <laughs> Louis C.K. Uh, was um, um, 
accused, accused, yeah, accused of masturbating in front of other female comedians, right? Yes. So they are in a public or private setting, like a bar, late night, or in or a, his hotel uh, or, room. or his hotel room. He asks, he asks the the women if he can masturbate in front of them. They say yes. He does it. Because they, I guess they thought that he was joking, even though he says this in his comedy all the time. Yeah. And so he does it, and then later on, they start saying that it's sexual assault. It's like, but he asked. He literally asked your permission. The next thing he, this guy has to do is get a consent form and yeah. get it notarized, you know, for for anything to be believable. Uh, and but, and yeah, that's exactly. But see, those are the kind of accusations to me that helps that that really uh, muddies the waters for things. Because I'm sorry, you know, and I also believe in, the, you know, the grown-ass man principle. You know, if, if, because uh, then I, I think the one with the two in his hotel room where he asked them, can he masturbate in front of them? Um, they both said, you know, now mind you, Louis C.K. admitted that he did do these things. Um, but the the ones that accused him, they both said, they said, no, he didn't hold us there. He didn't force us to stay there or anything. We, they could have left anytime they want. Yeah. They could have left. I'm, I believe in the grown-ass man principle. If uh, some dude's like, yo, man, you mind if I whip it out and fucking wank one off right here? Uh, I'll be like, nah, pimping. I think I'm going to go. I'm out of right, here. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'll leave. You know. But that's the thing. He got consent. <laughs> he got consent. Like, I don't I don't see how he could get any backlash after this. Because now you're just now you're just having, like, chicks talk about how good in bed you are. You know, like, he's a fucking horrible lay. Like, he does all this, like, weird kinky shit. Yeah, and I, then that, and then now he what lost his show. He's like in, in yeah. decline now. It's just like, and, and that that's ruined. That's ruined him essentially. Yeah, and 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 the thing I you know, um, I, and I don't want to. I really don't want to make this a men versus women thing because it's it's not. But the thing I could tell you, like you know, because you also had Terry Cruz, Terry Terry Cruz, Terry Cruz that came out and talked about his his uh, his incident and. Uh, We'll go, uh, you know, he, even though he got some fanfare, some, you know, he got some media support from that, it wasn't much. Most people pretty much brushed him aside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, he, you know, if he's coming out with this story too, it's, it's, you're not tricking, I say, first of all, you want us to listen, you want us to believe accusations, but only if A, the person that's making the accusation is a woman. Yep. And two, if that woman aligns with a certain ideology. And because if I tell you right now, when conservative women come out and say they've been sexually assaulted and stuff like that, they're not heard as much as Democratic women, you know, liberal women, because yeah. they base it off their ideology, uh, which I think is stupid. But yeah, but you had this man, this black man came up and, you know, some of the initial, res, you know, comments on him, uh, social media and, and elsewhere was like, how can how could he let that happen to him? And I was like, yeah, and I'm going to be the same way. I, You know, I, I read his explanation, and I was sitting there, and I'm like, you know, Terry, I, I don't know, man. Dude walks up in a party, I'm with my wife, and he just grabs my junk. Yeah, there would be a headline, big black man just fucking choked the shit out of this white dude. I'm sorry. I can't do it. You just, you, there's some things I just can't sit back and take, you know, and, and blatant disrespect like that is one of them, especially when you come up and, now, he may have came and said some windows, and I, I get that all the time. You know, I've had guys make passes at me all the time. Um, I've had women make passes at me all the time in front of my wife. And, you know, you just you just roll with it. But 
you know, if someone comes up and grabs, you know, like he says, came up and grab his junk like that, I'm going to be like, hey, you're going to have to do something. But, hey, if that's his story, that's what he lived, all right. Then you should treat it the same way as everyone else. If you if you want us, if that's the, if that's the line or the response you want from us, you should treat them like the same way. But they don't. They don't. And so it's fine and hard. So uh to get to you know i guess to finish up this 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 long <laughs> that's not that long uh, so it's, it's just a little bit over an hour right now no what i'm saying not just i'm just oh like, this long little rant this long little <laughs> rant but it's it's so deep though like there's so many different levels to it there's so many different facets that you can talk about i mean we can do an entire podcast on just our thoughts about this cuz my god knows we've we've had hours of discussion about it already yeah but i mean it's it's something that is so inherently wrong with the system that is uh, that targets one demographic specifically and gives no accountability to the other demographic yeah. and that, that's really what it comes down to and um it's well, it's just wrong um all around and i'm just going to go on record i know we both feel the same sentiment this is you know we're probably going to get accused because the, the knee-jerk reaction is when you question stuff like that is obviously you're for this no i'm telling you right now i know i do and i and you know and i know jay feels the same way yo if you're a rapist man you are a piece of shit you yeah, absolutely. are a piece of shit there is nothing you know i'm i am i am a violent person if there you're a rapist i will probably commit a lot of harm to you. I will I will commit violence against you because I think that's the one of the worst things you can do to a human being, um, aside from outright killing him, um, is, is to, to violate him that way. So this is in no way to defend these these heinous actions. Uh, the the issue that we're having a problem with here is response to just the accusations and the handling. Because when we talk about these things, especially when we talk about sexual assault. We tend to treat it unlike any other crime. We try to put it in a special little category where we 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 literally try to suspend common sense and reasoning, you know, logic just to, you know, in examining this because we wanna we wanna appeal more to feelings and you know, oh, what about the feeling of such and such? You know what? Yes, they might be feeling a certain kind of way, but we don't we don't take feelings in account when we talk about murder or theft or anything like that. You know, if someone's murdered, we don't go, or if someone's assaulted, you know, with a bat or something, you go, well, did you ever think about the feelings of, no, we don't think about that. Fe- we we think about justice. Yeah, well, because the law is black and white, right? The yeah. law doesn't care if you're offended. The law doesn't care um, how your, your, your feelings were hurt. The law is the law, right? Hey, did he say whatever he wanted? Yeah, he said what he wanted, but his words hurt me. Well, sticks and stones, bro, sticks and stones. And, that's uh, totally and, and that's, a... I mean, it is, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's essentially the thing, an accusation made with no evidence to support it should be treated just like that should be treated. Like, I feel like, like, like a crime essentially, because what I said earlier of the accusation doing so much damage to the accused, so much damage or potential for so much damage yeah. where it, it, it's, uh, and, and that's what we do. So like, you know, going back to Liam here. You know, or, or even even Danny. Uh, we didn't even talk about Danny K that much. Yeah, uh, just didn't. a quick wrap on him. Uh, this is a guy who spent two years in prison. Um, he was actually convicted of rape, um, and what he was what was used to convict him 
were altered Facebook messages done by the accuser to make it seem like he sexually assaulted her and then tried to come back and apologize for her. And he didn't see this evidence. Him and his defense didn't see this evidence until it was presented in trial. And after he was convicted, um, he had he was talking with a um, another inmate, and the inmate told him, hey, you know all your Facebook messages are archived. You can go back and retrieve them. And he uh, talked to his, uh, I think his sis- it was his sister or sister-in-law. She went back, grabbed up all the archived messages that they had, and it painted a totally different picture, so much that he was released from prison. And the thing that um, was such, you know, why this is such a miscarriage is that, um, the, you know, the sister was like, yeah, this is this was easy to do. I was able to go pull up all these messages and like that. He's like, so if I could do it, why didn't the people investigating this case do that? Right, absolutely. So it was a failure from the police, you know. You know, and they're not saying law enforcement is possible, perfect, but if uh, they fall down, this is why they need to be called out. Right, and and they need to so they so uh the victim, right, accused and uh, accused and uh, provided this evidence, right, For, fabricated, quote, fa- well, fabricated, pro- 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 provided these Facebook messages. Yep. However, law enforcement or the the prosecution did not validate the integrity of that evidence, which is a huge no no, huge no no. Because he. I mean, now you know that they—they uh, got egg smear on their face. I mean, they're embarrassed, which they should be. But I mean, this guy's life is ruined. Yeah. I mean, you know, this guy—this guy spent two. This guy spent two years in prison as a rapist. As a rapist, and you know, for for this, and you know, uh, I, I go back to that that old adage: uh, it's better for a hundred guilty men to walk free than one man to one innocent man to face time and prison be punished in prison for a crime he didn't commit so you know i mean and this is a very complex issue to deal with this is not something that's going to be easily easily uh handled but the but we know the the wrong way to handle this is to just take things off of face value in order to you know for us to find a solution uh from this we need to you know start addressing these things with what what we build our system for you know, we need to make sure that we do give the accused due process, and we still pr- we also still protect the the uh, the accuser. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying we. You know, this is no means trying to throw out a victim, you know, to the wolves and say you don't matter. It's said no until we establish that you are a victim. We're we're gonna give you treat you with dignity and respect, but we are not gonna believe we. You should not believe or disbelieve until there's evidence to support it. Yeah. Either way. And we need to do that, especially for the accuser, until we, we start putting these systems in place. These and these are not rare occurrences. I mean, every I mean, like I said, we hear about them more and more each day. And even with the innocence projects, the number one, the number one thing that the innocent projects uh, acquit men for are false rape allegations, false rape convictions for guys who spent decades, some of them decades in prison for something they didn't commit. So that obviously tells you we need to definitely take a look at this. And I don't think social media and and uh, the court of public appeals is the way to address it. That's a good point. I'm, I, I'm just so pissed off about, like, the whole thing to where I'm just like... Uh, 
I don't know. I was. I always think kind of logically. I'm a guy, so logic. <laughs> but it's <laughs> yes. like, uh, you know, um, just because something happened, right? Or you say something happened doesn't mean it happened. Yeah. And don't get right? me wrong. And, I, and I'm hugely evidence oriented. Yeah. So, oh, hey, we landed on the moon. Do we have evidence? Oh, yeah, we, we do. We have quite a bit of evidence, actually, which I'm getting onto a whole other conspiracy yeah. theory. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's um, accusations with no supporting evidence. And that's the whole, that's the entire uh, evidence, uh, motherfucker. Uh, fulcrum of this. And, yeah. Evidence, evidence, motherfucker. Do you have it? Uh, but that's the entire fulcrum of this entire discussion right now is evidence, 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 and um, because without evidence, it's just accusations, it's just words in the air. But those words in the air can do a lot more damage um, to everyone involved, really. Um, and that's why we all here at uh, DOG think that animosity, 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 yes, it is. It's like it's like Nemo. Uh, that's why uh, anonymity is uh, required. It should be uh, yeah. mandatory for uh, for everyone involved in those kind of cases. Until it's till the the case is, is panned out, because again, it could go either way. And, you know, for people to say, "Oh, this rarely happens," they're lying. Now, what was that stupid quote from Leon Dunham? Things that women lie about, what they eat for lunch. Things that women don't lie about, rape. Bitch, please. We have tons of of that just happening. This is not to say that every woman that comes in and accuse someone is is lying about rape, but we do know that they're out there. And until we can figure out a mechanism where we can tell uh, a, a false accusation versus a legitimate one, we need to tread lightly. We should not condemn tar and feather someone for being accused, just like we shouldn't blame, you know, put all the onus on the victim uh, for being a victim. You know, it, it it's going to go but ways. What we're trying to find out, what we need to push for is a way that protects both of them, uh, both people involved, until until everything is sorted out. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Man. Yeah. So I think uh, this has been a really good discussion. Thank you guys for joining us here at DOG. And we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>